We both love soup. Uh, we love snow peas. Talking and not talking. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? It probably is, Morton. It probably is. We're on a mission from God. Game over, man. Game over. Let me just pop in this A-track. And you just give a listen to what you think, okay? These are the ones. These are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizard? No, they're Italian. This business, this town, it chews you up, then spits you out. Well, why is it what you just said strikes me as a massive rationalization? Don't knock rationalization. Where would we be without it? I don't know anyone who'd get through the day without two or three juicy rationalizations. They're more important than sex. Ah, oh, come on. Nothing's more important than sex. Oh, yeah? You ever gone a week without a rationalization? You see? You see? You're stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Two tears in a bucket. Motherfucker. Welcome, folks, to the Celluloid Pudding Podcast. In our first episode for July, we are in the depths of summer. And my uh, joining me is my lovely co-host and excellent swimmer, Sam. Hi, all. Wherever in time, space, or on the globe you are, welcome to this episode of Celluloid Pudding. We have a very special guest today, Mr. Bill Lucky an expert at all things requiring expertise. And I believe that you know this film quite well, don't you, Bill? I know it very well. It's probably the movie I've watched the most, uh, the, the, the number of times. Uh, I, I feel like uh, it is the perfect storm of talent in, in every, uh, from every direction. And uh, it, the, the, the still, you get chills and uh, I find it an exhilarating movie and uh, just love it. It's one of those, if you're flipping channels even, and you're doing something, you just have to drop what you're doing and watch it, no matter where you pick it up, don't you? It's it's, it's fresh every single time. Hallmarks yeah. of a, a classic, I think. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it, it was uh, almost a shame when they did sequels to it. It's just, uh, they should have let it be. It really, uh, it was kind of uh, very disappointed in Jaws 2, Jaws three were ridiculous uh was that in 3d i can't remember yeah it was in 3d okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. does four uh i think uh you know I, I think i saw the first 20 minutes and said i just can't even I, I and can't. it's i, I yeah. guess you know i, I presumably michael kane also shot using sarcasm because I, it, I can't. I couldn't even imagine watching. Wait, Michael Caine was in Jaws four. I forgot that. Was he slumming? Yeah. Was that just a bump in his career? What? Uh, Dennis Quaid 
Dennis Quaid was in uh, Jaws three. I didn't or realize that. He was that. like nine at the time, right? So we <laughs> no, no, no. I know older no, than that, but he, like, he's early days. Yeah, early days. But Michael Caine, Ipcris File, Funeral in Berlin. You know, he he's he, he'd been around and earned his his chops. Jaws four, the quest for more money. <laughs> is it is it revenge? Is four revenge or revenge? Revenge. Revenge. What were the yeah. subtitles or not the or the uh, you know. What were the full names of the other two? Jaws I, 2, Jaws Returns. I think Jaws 2 tagline was just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Oh, oh right. I do right. remember that. Uh, Jaws 3 was, um, I don't know. It's just a, a big gimmick. We couldn't think of anything else. Jaws 3. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Richard Dreyfus was offered the the, uh, the sequel. And uh, his, his first question, is Spielberg doing it? No? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm out. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. And, and they had bigger and better fish to fry, didn't they? Uh, no problem. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, by then, yeah. Dee, 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 dee. By, uh, um, no, wrong, Schneider's wrong tune. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, no, it's more like. E.T. I, I mean, um, uh, Close Encounters. Is close ding, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. yeah, he was working Close yeah. Encounters. Um, Roy Scheider had yet to jazz, and I believe, um, I think. Richard Dreyfus had not done the Goodbye Girl yet. Oh, that's the first thing I remember seeing Richard Dreyfus in and loved him. And I loved Robert Shaw in what was it? I think it was with Jean Verbeau in Swashbuckler. Oh God, uh, that's a, a great fun part movie. In that. Yeah, I was thinking of a... the Sting. He was oh, also oh, that's right, Sting and Man Named for All Monaghan. Seasons. Yeah, he was oh, nominated right. for. He didn't win the Oscar, but he was nominated for a Man. Wait, for was All he seasons. more or was he Henry the Eighth? I can't remember in that one. He is Henry VIII. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Bill, can you settle something for me? I was looking up trivia. And one of the trivia questions was total number of people, total number killed by Jaws. And I could only come up with five. And it, and the correct answer is six. So let's start the swimmer. I don't know. We got Chrissy. Chrissy. She's got some childbearing hips, Chrissy. I noticed that on the rewatch. Um, we got the little Kintner boy. Kintner boy. <laughs> don't, don't, don't watch him spill out on the dock. No, no, no. Don't that spoil it yet. Don't spoil All right. it yet. Fish. Don't spoil it. We got the dropping leg from the Boy Scout leader. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we that got... scene, uh, by the way, was much more gruesome in the original. Oh. Uh, uh, what they did for a test audience. That scene, I'll describe it later, but uh, they, they, it was much more gruesome. It, in fact, uh, it, it said that someone in the test audience uh, ended up hyperventilating for like oh. 10 minutes after they saw the scene. It, uh, and they decided to change that scene. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I interestingly thought- enough, it's, it's in, that scene is an hour, over an hour into the movie, and that's the first time we see any shark beyond a fin. Mm. Is that true? That is true. Okay. All right. So number four on my list, Ben Gardner. And then Quint, as we're going to spoil this, because I think it said 75, we, we pretty much know. But who's the sixth? I don't know. I can't think of another person. I mean, something is implied and it's not a person. Or what's the fifth one? Quint. Oh, wait, I had Quint. Uh, Does the dog the... die? Because I didn't know that he actually died. Oh, 
Pippet. By the way, when I was reading, somebody wrote wrote Tippet somewhere, and I was like, no, no, I thought it was Pippet all this time. I always did too, and I was looking at the the subtitles, and it says Tippet. I always thought it was Pippet. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was Flip It. Flip It. Flip It. I don't know. I thought it was. Maybe they're counting that as a kill. Bad name for a dog. All right. Trivia icebreaker question number two. Where does Ellen Brody say she puts Martin's extra pair of glasses when they go off fishing? In his socks? I don't know. Oh, yeah, let's see. Let's see. That's, now that's that's just because well, that's just where you'd put them, wouldn't you? Yeah. In the, in the sock. Okay. Um, what kind of beer does Quint drink? Falstaff. There against it. Falstaff. Bingo for Bill. Yeah. Two thousand for Bill. For two thousand. Was Spielberg the first director no. uh, to be summoned for this film? No, but I don't know who the first director was. Bill Sun? That I'm aware of. I thought he was the first director and only director. Uh, apparently, Dick Richards of Heat and Tootsie fame oh. was approached first. Hmm. Okay, um, let's see. Uh what famous despot and dictator uh, found Jaws to be his favorite film? <laughs> this may be a horrible question. Generalissimo Francisco Franco. We're getting closer. Well, different. I think he was place, dead by other this. side of the He's still Fidel, dead by Fidel Castro. Oh, Castro did. Yeah. Okay, here's a big one. What are the key piano? No pun. What are the piano notes played for the theme? of Jaws. Oh, I couldn't tell you, but I bet if Veronica were here, she could be like, she could hum it and probably pick them out, but I don't know. You can't lose, and you've got a few to choose from. It's it's E and F. I did not know that. I was going to guess E. So. <laughs> e, e sounds as good as any. Um, right. Who, before Roy Scheider, was slated to play Brody? Martin Brody, Chief Martin Brody. I have no idea. It would have been a no. completely different film. Charlton Heston. Can you imagine? Oh, it no. It would be all about Charlton looking strapping and a, no. a button down, wouldn't it? He would never accept the role based on, you look at Brody's character, and, and yeah. Brody, a number of times, you talk to Steven Spielberg, like, I got to do something more heroic. I got to, and he's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You are the everyman. You are the audience. Yeah. 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 And you know, you know, like they're they're sharing stories about their injuries at some point in the movie. Yeah. Uh, you see him just kind of lift his shirt. Do I mention my appendectomy scar? <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. And, and he's uh, endearing because of that. I think. Right. I oh, can't imagine much. Charlton Heston. Yeah. But you know, I, th I think he's talking to Spielberg. Look, look, I was a New York City cop. Some experience with a mugger. Yeah. No, 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 nope. You are nope. the nope. audience. Yep. Uh, and and we feel for him, don't we? I mean, here's a, a blockbuster, what Beth was point, talking earlier to me about it, um, the first real blockbuster, summer blockbuster movie really touted was, yeah. as such. Yeah. Most movies, big movies were released in the winter until then. Uh, yeah. There were summer success movies, but this one was the first movie I ever hit over a hundred million. Wow. Um, and in, in today dollars, that's, that's over a billion, you know, when you think yeah. about it. I think the figure I read for its uh, record-breaking number was 475 million, and that would have been back in the day, I guess, because you, you yeah. said it translates yeah. to billions. Yeah, yeah the ultimate, uh, ultimately, yeah, over 400. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and, and and that's the kind of movie 
uh, that people go back and see again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know I've seen it more times than I can count. I was, let's see, 75, don't do the math. I was a little girl when I saw, just yeah, a baby, was, really, a newborn. <laughs> real, real quick, I was going to ask you guys, share your uh, share your experience when you saw it. Like, where where did you see it? Do you remember who you saw it with and just any kind of core memory you have with, with seeing it? Sam, you go first. Or if you're not was, ready, Bill can go first. Bill can go first. I'm trying to suss where I was living. Well, I would have been uh, 12 years old. Uh, the family went to see it. Um, and I remember the lines were so long and it was, we got into the theater and really the only place we could all sit was like right up front. Mm. Oh, this God. was a Rockville theater in uh, Rockville, Connecticut, small theater. Yeah. But it was, uh, from my perspective, a huge screen and we were right next to the speakers too. Yeah. So oh, wow. that, uh, that really uh, like left quite an impression as a, because I mean, I had to. You had to look like this to see. You had to. It was all-encompassing screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I still think to me uh, the scariest moment didn't even involve uh, didn't have a shark in it, but uh, uh, I jumped out of my seat when for a certain moment in that movie. And I remember the mood. The summer of Jaws was uh, people. We we every summer went to the beach, yeah. went camping and. Um, I remember I was going through some pictures that I saw from my mom's apartment, and there's a picture of my brother Jim at the beach in long pants and that groovy '70s shirt that's got you know paisley on it and yeah. <laughs> long sleeve shirt. It was, yeah. it was, I'm not going in the water. <laughs> I'm not even dressing to go into the water. I'm not um, even dressing and, to go. And uh, it, the, there was a mood. I mean, even we had a local swimming hole called uh, Crandall's Pond. Yeah. And even people there were like. There's snapping turtles in that pond. I can't see it. Yeah, but there was a like an eerie mood that summer. It was uh, everybody was very much aware, and and it was you'd be hard pressed to find someone who hadn't seen the movie, right. and and everybody was just on edge a bit uh, yeah. around. I mean, I remember somebody telling me they were nervous about going in a bathtub for a place. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, a swimming pool, people get nervous. You know, I, I, I was you, it was that kind of film. Yes, very much so. I'm sure that movie was good for swimming pool sales, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Martin. I, I wondered what it did to tourism in Florida. I think I must have been in Florida. Was I? I don't know. We went back and forth. Uh, that was around the big D time. Um, I think I was in Florida. And you know, around, in, in, in Martha's Vineyard, uh, yeah. the, the average number of tourists per year was about 5,000 before the movie. Yeah. After the movie, it was fifteen thousand. Okay. So it wow. really helped Martha's Vineyard. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um. So Sam, what do you what do you remember about it though? Do you remember? Um, so you well, think you I, I think it was, I would. Yeah. So it was summer, and I'm a November baby. So I think I was nine at the time it came out, and I remember seeing it with my parents, uh, be mm. but because they just took me to anything, I guess, and I was <laughs> I was terrified of it. Um, and not the movie itself. I, I don't think I grab, I guess it just generally washed over me as it does when you're a young kid. And yes, I did have uh, some fear of the water after that. And I still sort of survey uh, the water when I go in, if I'm going to swim in the ocean, mm. I, I'm on the lookout. And then open water didn't help either watching that awful film. I saw it uh, at, at, 
very similar to your situation, Bill. Yeah. Um, you said that there's a small theater in the town where you grew up. The same thing. It was a very small theater, very suburban area where you could actually walk to the theater from where we lived. I, for whatever reason, my two older brothers had already seen it. It's a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. My parents weren't leaving the house and they're like, go see a movie. I'm like, I'm not going to go see Jaws by myself. <laughs> and I did go see Jaws by myself. And, and part of it was sort of like that rite of passage where you're like, I can go see this, this movie by myself. <laughs> and, and um, same thing kind of sat, that it was kind of a full theater, sat very close to the front. And they're the one part in the film where the chumming scene. And it just, I just wasn't expecting it. And I had a, just flailed my arms and the soda wound up in my lap. Uh, a scene from Star Trek uh, <laughs> that I, I'm, I am a, I'm a Trekkie. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm a science fiction in pretty much everything, yes. but Trek, I think I'm required by law to, to remain in the club to, yeah. to mention at least that. references. And, okay. and um, there, but there was an episode of, of Star Trek where they, they called it the Doomsday Machine. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember that one. I think is that a, I remember that. Yeah, it was a curiously shark-shaped uh, device that uh, <laughs> uh, swallowed uh, planets uh, uh, yeah. and uh, it, it destroyed planets and ate them. And uh, the, uh, but the, 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 the plot of that, I, I, I find myself wondering, did not only Spielberg see that, but did um, John Williams see that? Oh. Because you would, it's eerily similar theme music. I always loved the theme music from uh, the original series, Star Trek. It was sometimes over dramatic, but they would give the Enterprise. Is that John Williams? Uh, did he do no, that? No, okay. That's Saul Kaplan. Okay. In, in that episode. Okay. Uh, but uh, the uh, this eerie similarity of the theme for the Planet Killer. Ooh. Okay, so Bill, you're our special guest. Why don't you uh, start the discussion? I guess the place to start is at the beginning. Uh, yeah, good choice. The uh, the first we'll start at the end. Oh no, the uh, the, the kind of kegger scene where uh, college students coming uh, on break uh, out to the island and uh, hanging out and everybody's making out and yeah. that uh, that mischievous smile that Chrissy gives to. Um, What's his name? I think it's David. Um, but uh, you know what that smile means. <laughs> In the seventies, you but, did. But she's sitting downwind of a, a a trash can on fire, and all that smoke's getting on her. So Chrissy's not the brightest star in the sky, is, is she? Well, she's certainly adventurous. Um, but um, yeah, she uh, has him follow her. Uh, she's running along the beach, and where are we going? Swimming. Yeah. And yep. uh, he's, he's like, oh, I'm not drunk. And he's literally falling over every- it's Supposed to be a game of chase and fuck, right? The, so that first attack scene uh, yeah. where she's in the water uh, is riveting. And, yeah. and again, we don't see the shark. Uh, Steven Spielberg wanted a lot more shark in that movie. Yeah. But, um, you know, as Richard Dreyfuss once said, every morning you could tell how your day was gonna go because you'd hear, the shark is not working, the shark is not working. <laughs> So he had to take his, he had a desire to show a lot more shark, but yeah. um, the, his inability to do so really, uh, I think, worked brilliantly. 
because uh, you see from the perspective of the shark, yeah. the camera is the shark. Oh, we do see and, the perspective of the shark. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. opening credits you do, you see just yeah. the camera moving through the water. Yeah. yeah. So I think that having less shark was uh, it increased attention and, and uh, just seeing the effect of the shark. Uh, I mean, the, the way those effects were created, yeah. it's been suggested that the harness that uh, uh, Susan Blackloney was in um, and how they were pulling her from one side to the other, they weren't telling her when they were going to do it. So the look of fear on her face was. I heard was she real. got battered to hell during that. This, like, yeah, because for real. Yeah. In the making of Jaws movie many years ago, which I haven't seen, but they said that she broke her ribs. Um, I believe and, it. Yeah. But uh, she later in interviews said, no, no, that didn't happen. But uh, I, I believe it just that you could see her being, she had weights, um, weighted uh, ropes attached to her uh, suit yeah. uh, below the water. And they were pulling her. They were not holding any punches. They, they were. No. Uh, really convincingly right. making it look like she was attacked and uh that that is because of her response i think one of the scariest the you know openings i can i can think of when that first tug down the water where, where you realize something's something bad has happened that yeah. way she sort of goes that's not not just acting that's that's those scuba divers isn't it um yeah I, down. I had read somewhere where scene where you see her being dragged under that that was what uh, that's when she didn't know what they were going to do or when they were going to pull her under uh, Spielberg wanted that. That's her look of shock. And uh, when, when she gets dragged under, well, they got it. It was very, very <laughs> convincing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I felt bad for her. She said she loved the experience. So the, you would, uh, wouldn't you, if you worked with Spielberg, you, you, yeah. you'd take a rib or two crack and a rib. She was a stunt swimmer, too. Uh, I think she was active for about six or seven years after this. And uh, she made one appearance on The Fall Guy, which is, you know, stuntman yeah. series. And uh, and if if you've read the novel, it's it's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way the movie starts it is very true to to the feeling of the novel. And, How and, old uh, were you when you innocently said, I think I'll read this for my summer reading list? And uh, uh, it, was it was one of those uh, excerpts that they put in probably my mother's Cosmopolitan or something. Okay. But I did. I did read it. And it, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's horrifying. You can look up the excerpt yeah. on online. It's I, read so the, I read that book and I, I feel like, uh, I mean, you know, the character names were the same. It had a shark in it. <laughs> but there were so many little uh, plot lines. Uh, apparently, uh, he had uh, uh, Hooper and uh, Mrs. Brody. Um, mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, and, and I yeah, mean, there's some bad things. Yeah. That would have been a completely different film. Good editing choices. Usually, I'm yeah. all about yeah. the keep it faithful to the book, but uh, that would have been a different movie, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Very different. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, you know, Peter Benchley. Uh, uh, worked on the screenplay also with uh, Carl Gottlieb. Yeah. But uh, if they had tried to even go there, it would have ruined the movie. Yeah, uh, I think he made some good choices. The chemistry within that trio of men is just phenomenal. I, I can't think of a movie where where the ensemble has such great chemistry beyond Jaws. Agreed. And, and you know, you're talking earlier about the first choice for Brody, uh, but uh, even Spielberg's first choice for uh, Quint was, um, oh, it was uh, 
Lee Marvin. Oh, good lord! Oh, god, no! <laughs> and then he tried to get um, he tried to get Sterling Hayden. You know the guy from uh, Doctor Strangelove. Uh, oh my god! The first no. time, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no. But um, it was actually did... uh, Zanuck and Brown that had suggested uh, Robert Shaw. Uh, oh god! I couldn't imagine chemistry. Lee Marvin, he would have been. Hey, I'm Lee Marvin. He yeah. Had... Look at me staring off at the horizon of the. I don't know what he would. But the chemistry between uh, everybody, I mean, again, a perfect storm of talent and, and, and chemistry. Uh, yeah. The uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus originally uh, had uh, turned down the role. Ooh. He's like, this is a movie I want to watch. I don't, it's going to be a pain in the ass to film it. I, I, I'd love to watch it though. And he turned it down actually twice. Mm-hmm. And then he got to see the movie um, that he had just previously made. And he said, I oh, Hucked in that movie, <laughs> and uh, uh, something. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need work. And he called up Steven Spielberg, and he's like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. No, thank God, because without his personality, I mean, he's the glue. There, all three of those characters needed to get together. Yeah. That those three actors. Yeah. I think. You know, he was nominated. Uh, Richard Dreyfus was nominated for a BAFTA Best Actor. I oh, didn't really? think that these types of movies were ever on the, uh, you know, on the roster. I'm, I'm surprised. Oh. Jaws won three Oscars. Okay. Um, and, and some BAFTAs too. Uh, yeah. won the, well, John Williams won for music. The editor yeah. uh, won. I got uh, Verna Fields for editing. And, and Spielberg said uh, this movie uh, wouldn't have been anywhere near as good if I didn't have her as an editor. Um, uh, what, yeah. Who's the editor again? Because I wanted to say something about that. Vinda? Was it? Uh, Verna Fields. Verna. Verna. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just such, it's concise editing. <laughs> And it's it's sharp editing. It's everything is cut just where it needs to be cut, and and dissolves just where it needs to be dissolved. No, not a lot of bells and whistles and parlor tricks. Just just I don't know. It's just very economical, and I appreciate that about the film. Yeah, it was. Uh, and uh, when I look through a lot of the deleted scenes, and I'm you know what? Yeah, you should have deleted that. That's good. Yeah. Kept that, that should end up on a cutting room floor. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, unnecessary stuff in there, and, and uh, yeah. uh, the editing was amazing. The uh, the special effects uh, <laughs> were amazing, but uh, uh, so many things improvised and so many technical problems. And yeah. but you know, and like in the beginning scene when um, Brody goes to investigate, and, and uh, they they come across the gruesome remains. Spielberg didn't like. He said it just looked too fake. So they actually buried uh, one of the crew in sand. So that that, that arm sticking out of the that's sand. really yeah. okay. I yeah. I did not know that, but they got the ring there. You knew it was her because she had that spiral ring. I was going to say when he got the call. Also, there's something else that's. I mean, everything is brilliant about this film, but every scene seems very real. When Brody gets the call, you have what is his wife's name, Ellen, um, in the background tending to. Michael's wound and there's always you know there's always it seems like a working town so yeah, all those extras yeah. everybody it doing their very, thing feels very genuine you know yeah. and, and it's funny you know I want my cup back as yeah. he's leaving and you'll yeah. get it that, yeah. like that's that, that sets the mood for that's like their biggest concern at the time yeah and but they're genuine they feel like a family uh the they feel um just just yeah, you want to get drunk and fool around. Uh, I just I love I, that I love line. The, oh, I love that line. I, love, I do too. Oh, yeah. 
No, you, you, I think the character development in this in this film is is staggeringly good. It's not a body count movie. You know how everything after this, it seems like it has to be a body count. One, two, three, four, very sparingly. And we we learn our musical cues pretty early on, don't we? From John yeah. Williams' score. Very there, much so. There are a lot of feints that are, are fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. those, those false alarms. You know, Lorraine Gary, she was, uh, she came across as so warm and, and, and yeah. loving wife, but uh, Lorraine Gary actually saved that movie on a number of occasions. Yeah. She, um, I don't know if uh, you're familiar with uh, the president of uh, Universal Studios at the time was a man named Sidney Scheinberg. Okay. His wife was Lorraine Gary. Oh. Zanuck and Brown wanted to fire Spielberg like three times. Uh, in fact, uh, I remember Dreyfus in an interview said, I think they wanted to fire him every day. Sidney <laughs> um, Scheinberg's wife is in the movie and it's like, no, that's not happening. And, and the like, oh, production went casting. They originally were given like uh, two and a half months to, to film and it went uh, 104 days over in the filming. And he's like, let him go. Let him well, keep somebody going. was cast in 73. So when and, and I believe they started without a script, right? They, they sort of did that on the fly. Spielberg, uh, actually, he wrote his script that what he wanted. Yeah, it, it didn't because he said I wanted to do that to to get a feel for what the film would be. But ultimately, um, eventually uh, worked with uh, Carl Gottlieb, the guy that played uh, the reporter. He was one of the actors in it too. Uh, I thought that was Benchley for some reason. I thought that was Benchley. No, no, uh, oh, no, another reporter too. He was a television okay. reporter, okay. but the town yeah. reporter was. Um, uh, oh, for the town hall meeting that that scene. Yeah, yeah, uh, Meadows. Played Meadows, the, the reporter for the Town Gazette kind of thing. Um, I think he was on the Town Council too. Okay. I love but, that scene, by the way. Everyone's just sort of milling about and talking over one another, and it just feels very real. And somebody makes a joke about, you know, is that going to be check or cash? And I love how they pan to that one woman and she says, I just don't find that very funny at all, or whatever her line is. It just seems very real. Everybody. Yeah. And she's uh, she plays a very good transplanted New Yorker. And uh, yeah. one scene, she's telling uh, Ellen Brody, "You're never going to be an Islander. Yeah. <laughs> You're from New York, you know." Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, a lot of the small actors in that did amazing jobs. A lot of it was just local people that got involved. Uh, like the, to me, the uh, one of the best actors in there was uh, Craig Kinsbury. Oh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But, yes, that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, we we don't do linear often. <laughs> There was a, a head reference. Uh, ben Gardner, yeah. uh, the, the actor, uh, Craig Kinsbury, has actually uh, uh, done uh, documentaries about Martha's Vineyard. He's, uh, he's kind of a local uh, personality there. But um, Spielberg told uh, Robert Shaw, I want you to hang out with this guy. Because yeah. uh, a lot of these uh, Quint's great lines were actually came from Craig Kinsbury, you know, uh, Molly Cockers or whatever, and you know, uh, a lot of his uh, uh, salty lines yeah. uh, he attributed to talking with Craig Kinsbury. I read he was quite the character, and apparently his cows would would run roam around the town and and would only come to him, and he went everywhere barefoot and was quite the what is it the salty dog, um, you know, and so that would you know kudos to or fair play to. To Robert Shaw for saying, no, I'm going to learn from this guy, you know, big time actor. And he says, no, no, this guy's got the authenticity. And I'm going to learn the accent and the, and the ways. Did pick it up very well. I mean, you yeah. convinced that uh, this man was 
New Englander, certainly not, not Irish. The woman that played Polly was a local, or Holly, uh, the, the, the secretary. I like the littlest side where uh, Brody like asks about the beach signs and uh, his, his uh, officer goes, we've never had any closed beach signs. So he <laughs> runs down to the five and dime and you can tell the town is just getting ready for the 4th of July. And uh, I wonder, looking at that scene where he goes in the five and dime and he grabs the brushes, do you think that was a, he meant to knock over the brushes? Or do you think that was a flub and Spielberg decided to keep it in there? Do you remember the scene that I'm talking about? If it was, yeah, I know uh, if it was a flub, it was, it was kind of yeah. made it feel real. Yeah, yeah, kind of a brilliant little flub there. And, um, and he says, he's like, I want Polly to do the letters. What about Molly? I want Polly to do the letters. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. So after he gives him the things and tells him to make the signs, he's he's off to to he's been told that the, the the Boy Scouts are doing their swim for their badges, and he goes off. And it's funny uh, as he's driving off, here comes Larry Martin. Martin. And he, he is perfectly hear cast. What is that actor's name uh, who plays Vaughn. Larry Vaughn, the mayor? Uh, uh, Murray Hamilton. Murray Hamilton. Just perfect. Yeah. Smarmy. Oh, my. He was ideal for that part. He was yeah. uh, uh, slimily convincing. Funny because it's fan theories abound about this, but it's been suggested that when he's saying it could be a, a boating accident, uh, mm -hmm. it's happened before. One wonders it was Chrissy actually the first kill? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> they, yeah. they were on him like flies and they were on him immediately. So it's been suggested in, in fan things that uh, it, there was a conspiracy to cover up the first kill. And, and Brody well, didn't know that being new to the islands. So. You just, just moved there, yeah. yeah. What, that Murray Hamilton might have run, run someone over with his boat? I'm confused. No, that there might oh, have no, been a shark the, attack the prior. shark attack. I was okay. I was doing what I was told. You said to put the shark attack on the form. Yeah. So well, we're yeah. going to have to amend our forms because. Oh yeah, that's right. That's very action. powerful. That one little typing scene just sets the mood. Yeah. When he yes. just writes, he's writing up his report and he types, kids on a typewriter, um, yeah. and just writes shark attack in in all caps and it, it just sort of sets everything is so tactile and wonderful and um when he's looking up sharks it's a book it's not google it's a book everything is is am i screaming i am i'm excited uh, a little bit it's an actual book and there's actual ink and an actual typewriter but yeah uh, going to that part where he's looking through the pages of the book yeah. did you see yeah. the foreshadowing in one of those pictures of the I, shark? I i of the gardener uh or something else. Uh, was it? No, there's, he's going through pictures in the book, and there's yeah. a, a, he comes across one page randomly, and there's a shark with a scuba tank in its mouth. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. I, a, I missed that. That's a little foreshadowing, and um, uh, I, I you, you can almost looking over the movie again. You can go, oh, so he's you're you're seeing maybe the formation of an idea in his mind yeah. at some point when he says yeah. he's later told. Watch out for these things, Martin. They can blow up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the tip off. Right. Um, and, and I think ever since this movie, I always look for the tip off. Like, why are they they call it Chekhov's gun? Right. If, if, if it appears in the movie, there's a reason for it. If it's said in the script, there's a reason for that. That's knowledge we're going to we're going to use later. 
So yeah. I, I think that's the first movie where I realized that, okay, we're getting a tip. But uh, yeah, it's just a bit of foreshadowing. The time when um, the, he's going out uh, to, to try and get the kids out of the water, yeah. um, you, you sort of see just a, a culture of slime. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just feels like so many analogies I could make to politicians. Oh yeah. The, the, the basically the, the, they have their self-interest in mind and uh, damn, damn it all. It's not a shark, it's a boat accident. Tourism right. is paramount. The dollar, the almighty dollar is paramount. Can I just say I love when when Brody's flipping through the shark book and Ellen, I cannot get her name right. The, the wife is named Ellen. Is that Ellen her? Brody? Ellen yeah. Brody um, says, come on, he just got the boat. Come on, just leave him alone. And then she flips through and sees, you know, the hole being breached by a shark and says, Michael, did you hear your father? You get out of the water right now. I just I just love yeah. her. She sells every line. They all do. I believe yeah. in their characters. It was amazing. She's yeah. great in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Every line. Nailed it. I mean, in the very the very next scene we see is is that scene at the beach. And in that Sam, when that famous Dolly shot? The Dolly Zoom. Um yeah, the I Dolly mean, that's Zoom. That's iconic. The Dolly Zoom, yeah. isn't it? Uh, there are yeah. a couple of iconic <laughs> things in yeah. this film. But that's the first, and that eerie way that John Williams does a like your your sledge shot. Okay. Sledge shot. Your your um the the camera and the the subject are moving uh, or towards each other. Yeah. But he's zooming out as he's physically moving the camera in. Okay. Um, oh, wow. And I think Hitchcock did that in um, Vertigo. I think that might have been his inspiration for to it. To give you that surreal feeling, and it really does, right. doesn't it? Oh, it hit hard, yeah. yeah. I mean, that uh, that whole scene was so tense anyway. With uh, you know the, the the old guy swimming that had that some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> and, uh, uses that as their production tagline. Bet. Yeah, was it right. David Letterman or yeah. no? That was Pants. What was yeah, it? Worldwide I Pants. But I don't remember the name of it. There is a production company yeah. called Bad Hat, some Bad Hat Harry or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But the that but it's a great. Sorry. Well, but, but that that old part where you know here's uh, one of the guys saying, "Hey, you got to make a red zone in front of my business." And, yeah. leave him alone leave him alone and, and then he's clearly not listening to him anyway and yeah. because there's uh, every time somebody screams or yells at uh, he's, he's he's on edge i, I, I love that it's it's almost like a whodunit too because you're it's panning to different people who might be victims right um right. you have the reluctant family the mayor sort of urges out into the water since nobody's going in well that uh, that happens on the fourth oh, oh is, we're, we're yeah. on the first right yeah. there's the first well, we're, we're, and this then is the fourth the, this is the, the special, the special attack. No, no, no. The special attack, Sam, is oh, coming with up. The... <laughs> well, I think the first attack is, is Tippet. Or I thought Pippet. Yeah, oh. the, the yeah. dog all of a sudden vanishes. You see the floating uh, stick that he was chasing. <laughs> and then, uh, and you know, the, the... I never saw it. It didn't happen. If I didn't see <laughs> no body, it didn't happen. Poor no. Pippin, Tippin, whatever your name is. But the uh, the Kintner boy, uh, uh, again, we see from the shark's perspective, yeah. and uh, as he's attacked, uh, you all we see is fins and blood. That uh, that but, is a great. I I don't know if you would call that a long shot, but I love that it's it's far away, and you just see that sort of turning over of the fins and the raft and the blood gushing out. It could have been really not almost, effective if it were too close up. I think it almost looks like the shark is coming in sideways, Bill. 
like yep. it, it's not going in like dorsal fin up that it almost kind of like turns and goes in it looks and, like an alligator roll almost. yeah, yeah. almost yeah mm. it's exactly it they, what they, it looks they did film a version of it where he's actually out of the water um and they they cut that <laughs> where they 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 show it's coming sam the the, the shark coming out of the water yeah. and yeah. biting them in half basically but uh, they decided against that yeah so everybody rushes out of the water and the, and the next thing we see is uh don't don't they have this impromptu sort of town meeting and they're all showing up and the, yeah. the motel owners there and the the paper owner and they're they're all there they're all there cacophony and and that scene still with quint makes my skin crawl it's uh, like nails on a chalkboard it is it really <laughs> is yeah it's all a, know it's a, me it's a great character introduction isn't it yeah, it really is yeah yeah you all know me <laughs> um, <laughs> what and, i uh, do for a living <laughs> but uh yeah great introduction there was uh, a scene uh, that was cut uh, where he basically is introduced as uh, this car pulls up, a very black car. It's got the word uh, Quint written on the door as it opens in, in, in a shark. And they, you see his feet and then he uh, closes the door and goes into a, um, a music shop because he's looking for piano wire. And she goes off to get it and this kid's uh, seeing if his clarinet works and he's doing uh, Beethoven's ninth, yeah. and he's like going, "Come on, boy!" And and uh, so, but they took that out. I'm glad they did. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. that wouldn't. I like that the way he he enters. That would have been a bit too much. But I'd love I, to see the outtakes. Are those available? I want to know whose idea it was to have him sitting there, and chomping, nibbling on saltine crackers. I want to know if Shaw came up with that himself or Spielberg says, you know what? You should just have like a saltine cracker and just be like chewing on it as you're telling everybody like, yeah, catch them and kill them for, was it three? I'll find them for three. I'll find them for three. And I'll catch them and kill them for ten. You sound more piratey <laughs> than Quint. I know. It's, I can't, the best I can't. Quint I can do. I can't do Quint without sounding like a pirate either. It's yeah. it's a hard accent. I understand why he needed a a coach. On I got to get a quick joke in here. What is a pirate's favorite letter? R. No, it's the C. <laughs> it's a it's a great scene, and and we meet Quint, and then we're in, introduced to Hooper, aren't we? Hooper uh, well, arrives well, at the end of the meeting. Larry says, "Well, we'll take it under consideration," and and he walks out with his assistant, who uh, Quint. Uh, uh, that was cut out too, but his assistant uh, says, we're going after this shark. I quit, I quit, I quit. <laughs> but yeah. uh, that, I don't think of Quint as having an assistant, but wow. Yeah, as, as yeah. he's um, uh, firing him, he also says, well, you sure you go load the boat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was taken out of the movie. I, I noticed he walks down the hall with somebody a little shorter and, you know, looks like he's a seafaring type too, but that must be that man. Yeah. His assistant. Yeah. Before we meet Matt Hooper, we go back to Brody in his house and that we actually see it's a longer sequence of him looking through all those textbooks about sharks and everything. And the, the music, you get a little bit more of that music sort of 
building sort of the suspense, the, the mystery of this animal. And it's mm. almost like it has this sort of lore feeling to it, like the lore of the sea and the, the monsters of the sea. And um, you just kind of like, it's a great device having yes. him sort of look through these books and it's just very still and he's, he's in the safety of his home, but then there's that. And, and actually there's a couple of places before they even go out to find the shark where after the attack, Brody is looking out into the ocean. So there's just this huge, like fear Chills. of the Chills. Un yep. unknown. Yep. I love that. I know a lot of the neo-romantics did a lot of seafaring, you know, <laughs> themes. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm wondering if he, he probably was influenced by some of that. The holiday roast scene. What do you guys make of that? I thought it was wonderful because it could have been <laughs> because I just love them so much. Um, no, I, I just Charlie and the other one has an odd name that I couldn't remember because it's a setup for a body count scene. Right. So it's a wonderful save, I think. I love the tension in it and swim, Charlie, swim. Trust me, don't look don't back. Look back. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think we get a little wind. I mean, this is not the first film that Spielberg directs, right? Uh, he did the duel. Did, and, didn't uh, he do the, yeah. But we kind of get this window into uh, young Steven Spielberg's vision of Americana. Yeah. I think he, he was living it, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it's just a really, there's so many wonderful little moments of like American Americana or humanity. I think um, different actors, different director, it would have been just a, a B action adventure movie. But I think that was like, most people were expecting like a B movie. Yeah. And uh, like you guys said, it's the perfect storm of talent and, and it's just a, it's a legend. That the music uh, in that scene where the 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 uh, the pier has broken off yeah. as it's turning, like <laughs> I love the sound effect on that. And oh, you're I just love that. in your heart going, swim, Charlie, swim. Don't look you know back. that originally uh, Spielberg when he had talked to um, uh, John Williams about the soundtrack, he says, well, what do you have for, like, I want a theme for the shark? And he played it for him. You're kidding, right? What do you really have? He's like, no, that's it. This is, this is the theme for the shark. You gotta be joking. Two notes, two million is my fee. <laughs> but no, it was perfect. It was perfect. And, yeah, and the variance he does, but the, the variant he did when that, when that pure piece turns around and you realize this shark is not, content with this his wife's holiday roast he's he's still hungry yeah. and uh oh that was just a great scene it, yeah. it is and and then you begin to think he's a vengeful man eater too he's <laughs> not just out for supper this is sport this is blood sport now you've done it you've pissed me off yeah. <laughs> bruce is a cranky shark his name, name is bruce that's right bruce uh named after spielberg's lawyer i hear yeah, yeah. Capped. oh very funny there were four of them. One was, well, uh, left-hand shark and one was right-hand shark. Uh, they later worked with Katy Perry, uh, but uh, the they were hollowed out on either side. And then there was one full shark. Uh, and then there was one uh, device that was really just fins. The problem they had, the many problems they had with that shark, it, was, it worked fine at Universal Studios in the water, in the fresh water. Right. Oh, I read oh, that. Yeah. yeah, you put that shark in salt water and all of a sudden it was breaking down. It was, it was broken Ooh. down more than it was working. Yeah. Amazing special effects though. I mean, the, how they, from whatever angle they filmed it, I, I, saw, I saw a real shark there. Yeah. 
Oh well, yeah. Oh, you didn't see it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen this, but I, I suspend disbelief, and I, I feel that shark, and I feel those characters. That is Brody. That is Quint. That is Hooper. Uh, that's that the genius of it, and that yeah. is a shark. Um, yeah. One of the reasons why this film works so well is not just not just a great direction mechanical shark, but he's got two great underwater cinematographers too that shot footage. All the underwater footage is real of sharks. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was filmed in Australia. Yeah, Ooh. and that's the the husband and wife team. Is it Ron and Valerie Taylor? And uh, pretty pretty famous in their own right, even before they did this film, at least in their own country. Did a lot of work even after this for National Geographic and just like the top, top, top shark wow. underwater people. So 28-year-old Stephen gets this. Wow. They, Sorry, go ahead. they kind yeah. of cheated a little bit with the Australia filming. They actually made a small cage and they had mm. a, that they could get to attack that cage, the real shark, um, uh, wasn't as big as they wanted in scale. Uh, right. But, but um, it's so convincing. And, the, the, you know, at uh, when they show it, you know, s struggling to get out of the top, that was real. That really happened. A shark actually got himself stuck in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I read that. And then uh, I heard that some of the overhead scenes are real, too, where you see the shark from overhead. Those are actual real real sharks. That's not the not. I don't know if it's all of all of those shots are real, but some of the shots overhead of the shark are actually real sharks, which was scary <laughs> when you think about how big some of those shots. Yeah, we, we come back to Hooper and then Hooper dives the boat, Chief. And, and then the very- We haven't introduced him yet. No, we haven't. Yet. But then when we get to the, uh, the Mare Vaughn scene, I'm gonna depend on you, Sam, for your- I will, but there there is a, a, a I love a, a particular scene. Uh, well, no, no. Yes, we'll get to that. Just say it for me once. Say I don't know if once. that's my line. It is your line. I don't know where. But well, first I'm one I've got gonna, is. I'm not going to have that little. Accident. Come on. Wait, wait. Come um, on, say it. All right. <laughs> a little oh, folks. Kitten. Let's be risk. No, it's not time for that yet. And it, I, for please. one, I'm not going to stand here and watch that little. <laughs> you know, that's a rock band called the Little Kittener Boys. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay, so Matt Hooper comes on the scene. It's the it's we see these shots of uh, the the swarm of people coming for Fourth of July, right? And um, Ramadan. Uh, what? That, that was uh, one of my favorite songs or compositions of the movie. The the song uh, Promenade uh, with the tourists coming in. Yeah, the tourists all coming in. That's yeah. Martha's Vineyard, though, right? It's Martha's Vineyard, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm Wait. gonna make. I'm sorry, I just have a really erudite and special note here regarding uh, Richard Dreyfuss and, and his performance in Jaws. I write here in my notes, Richard Dreyfuss is really, really cute, and I love his dimples. So that's that's all I wanted to say. Well, he's adorable. <laughs> he's really adorable in this. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. Great. Continue with the, the grown-ups. No, continue. just so... Uh, Hooper is left off at the dock. Brody's running around like crazy and he's trying to direct people. And Hooper actually is sort of just helping out. Like, you know, he yells at the guy with the, the sailboat. He's like, do you, have a, do you have an oar? Do you have a paddle? Scull it out of here. Don't raise sail. And they're all overloading and, their boats. And it, it's sort of like a. It's pure mayhem. It, mayhem. It, it, it is. And one of the reasons why, and I don't know why I missed this, or I'm sure I heard it, but it just kind of didn't connect it 
is that uh, Mrs. Kittner has sent out a, basically a bulletin through all the local papers for, you know, come kill the shark that ate my son. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a free fall. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy. What do you make of this bill? Uh, I, I think uh, Hooper's arrival is almost a, a palpable sense of relief. Like uh, there's, there's one more adult in the building now. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, when he gets yes. off the boat and there's Ben Gardner, it's just, hello, hello back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he, he has quite an effort just trying to keep up with Martin, who is uh, dealing with all the mayhem. And, uh, uh, and he just jump right in, jumps right in and he remembers, uh, you know, telling people, hey, you're overloading that boat. And, so, well, you're not coming with this. Well, can you tell me where there's a good restaurant or, or, or hotel on the island? And they said, yeah, walk straight ahead. <laughs> uh, so, you're all going to die. Yeah, I love his, his sarcasm is, is, and his facial expressions, just everything yeah. about his his yeah. presence just is a breath yeah, of fresh air. Yeah, he just, uh, I like this guy. You get that immediately. I like this guy. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I like too that it's, we're introduced to kind of uh in modern cinema the nerd is cool yeah the nerd can be cool yeah <laughs> speaking like of which i love that if you're really into jaws bill as you are uh, you can get a movie quality miniature set of the jaws crew the trio and the shark and the boat the whole thing and make it do things if you have a an extra uh 500 line around okay. oh i don't believe i will okay <laughs> i did get a uh, enterprise model when i was a kid but yeah. uh, uh, I, I can do without it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We like to do dioramas, but that's, that's a little beyond my, my Barbie budget. Yeah. yeah. So finally Hooper catches up with, with Brody. They've been interacting the whole time, but they get back to the station yeah. and, and Hooper goes, can somebody, can you tell me how to find chief Brody? And Brody's like, I'm chief Brody. And, then, and I goes, he goes, I'm Matt Hooper from the oceanographic Institute supposed to know what that is and it's like relief and then very shortly after that apparently the shark has been caught yeah and they, they go off to see uh all the hubbub and uh, immediately dreyfus is getting a, a i don't know why he has a, a tape measure but he has a tape <laughs> of course he does <laughs> and uh here comes larry uh um you know are we getting good pictures of this and then and, and and you can tell he's eyeing he's giving the side eye to hooper there like because he's listening in and, and he's like, I don't like the sound of this guy. He's a, uh, you know, he's all the summer dollars again, but uh, no, we got the shark. And Hooper's trying to explain to Chief Brody, um, you know, that it's a hundred to one shot that this is even possibly the shark. It probably is Martin, it probably is, but we need to be sure. So, uh, well, how do we do that? And uh, I think Sam ought to proceed with that. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is that the bite radius on this animal is different than the wounds on the victim. Let's cut it open. That's not, uh, well, now we get to, okay. You, you know that the little kitten, our boy was, was killed out on his raft and his mother, and I, I was always uh, curious about the choice of casting for this and uh, a sort of a menopause baby uh, kind of thing because she seemed an older casting choice Rather. for for that part um but she arrives on the dock everybody's jubilant you know uh, yay we maybe caught the shark she walks up to brody and it's a very shocking scene actually isn't it when he 
when she slaps him. And everybody yeah. sort of recoils, including, I've watched this, what, 20 times, and I still yeah. recoil when I watch that. So it completely silences everybody. Chief Brody, yes, slap. Yeah. <laughs> that slap was 17 takes. Oh, my God. That's why wow. uh, in the movie, his face is kind of red. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg is like, I can't believe I picked a woman who can't make do a slap. And <laughs> that was done 17 times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she was played by the actress Lee or actor Lee Ferrer. Yeah. Um, but Mara Vaughn, when he's told the only way we can be sure, you know, he he rants about you'd love to yeah. do. Uh, how, what is it he says? You'd love, love to, get, to do. That's a little bit later, but uh, you'd love to get your name in the National Geographic, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I think that Bill can the... do the <laughs> much better. Well, no, no, he's, he's he, uh, you know, when it's suggested there at, at that point to, to cut the shark opening, yeah. I'm not going to watch some half ass autopsy on a fish and have the yes. whole, whole <laughs> see, see that little Kintner voice. Uh, say it, Sam. Say it. And I am not going to stand here and see that thing cut open and see that little Kintner boy spill out all over the dock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's that shouldn't what, be hilarious. It really shouldn't. It, it, <laughs> it's just the way you say it, though. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just great. Oh, yeah. It's you're right. Uh, the the scene where he um, is insulting Hooper is, is actually later. It's the isn't it the next? It is the next day. It is the next day because after he meets Hooper, Hooper shows up at uh, later on that evening. Uh, in the movie, Hooper does not sleep with Brody's wife, which is thank God. They, God made that decision yeah um i love the interaction between um roy scheider and i don't know who plays the his youngest son but that whole sequence where very warm just kind of, very warm very human he's like give us a kiss very irish way of expressing show me some affection i'm curious wine. what bill thinks of the wine scene coming i love oh. that <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was awesome it was uh, uh yeah hooper shows up and he actually walks in, doesn't wait for the door to be open, which I thought, thought that's, that's rather brazen. And yeah. says, hi, I, I, uh, I'm Matt Hooper. I'd I really like to speak with uh, Martin Brody. Mm -hmm. And she says, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so uh, he he's, has that very tender scene with his son and says, uh, get out of here. And here comes uh, Hooper. Uh, and he had B&G wine, which is, um, it's it's a bulk wine. Oh, I, okay. I thought it was some rare thing the way he presented it and said. Uh, what he said. Yeah, I, I mean B and G uh, Barton and Gistier is um, is good wine. It's French. Uh, most of it's from the Languedoc region. They have some specialty ones, but that looked like their basic B and G table wine. Okay, I think it it took me. I think I saw this film like two years ago, and for the first time, I noticed that he. Had, Brody had not finished his his glass of probably bourbon or scotch, and he just takes the bottle of wine and he just pours it into uh, at, at least probably another ounce of of liquor, like a pint <laughs> a, of that's wine. disgusting. <laughs> oh, he's 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 getting happy. Yeah. yeah, he's he's in his cups definitely. But the timing yeah, of these actors is great, isn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe you should let it breathe. You want to let that breathe? Oh, okay, mm, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to eat that? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Is anybody eating this? Yeah. <laughs> he, said, uh, uh, he gets right to the point, though. Yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah, go ahead. I I just love how Brody, he's done his his homework and he says this this shark, this great white, he's a a loner, a rogue. Yeah, a rogue. You know, he's sort of getting it out. He's drunk. He's three sheets. He's been slapped by uh, Mrs. Kintner, (laughs) little Kintner boy's mother, and uh, is... You know he's drowning his sorrows. He's he's really yeah. taking that personally, and uh, and is pretty hard on himself. What happens next then? Let's... Well, they uh, Matt tells him the only way we're going to be able to find out is this is what we're going to do is we're going to go down and uh, cut that shark open and see if that's the shark that ate the little kidner boy. And that's what they do. There's um, a great line there. What's the great line before he exits, Bill? Oh, uh, Name that line. I'm at a loss. Uh, Ellen can, says, you can't, you, you can't do that. I'm she the says, chief of I can do anything I want. <laughs> and they, they go down, cut the shark open, find out this ain't the shark. Because the digestive tract of the shark is really slow. And they find, you know, can tin cans and, you know, ha- uh, fish heads and a Louisiana license plate but no, no pieces of uh, the no little kidner, kidner, no no kidner, kidner boy. boy in there. I'd just like to say that I was a precocious child, wise beyond my years, and I thought that was milk pouring out of the, the shark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really did think that was milk pouring out of the shark. So I wonder, you know, the stomach bile fluids, what? I kind of like the way they did that because I, yeah. I, I could, I could, uh, I could smell it. Even yeah. without smell of vision, yeah. I could that, that. I attribute that to Richard Dreyfus. Good acting, like, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and no doubt it probably did stink. Yes, um, but they actually they used milk for a special effect in a later scene. Uh, oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, when the after this, they go, all right, we have to go out. We have to uh, look at night. He's a night feeder. We have to go out, mm-hmm. and, and uh, in that scene. They, they they get this tense scene where oh nothing maybe a little school of fish or then the the, the fish finder goes whoop, 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 and and oh there's something out there and it's big and yeah. uh, eerie music and they they find out it's Ben Gardner's boat sheep birdies that's Ben Gardner's boat so he suits up he's got to go investigate why it's uh, it's half sunk and so, well let's just tow it in Don't, and I, I Brody's I, I, always cautious isn't he always well I'm also saying to myself. You don't know when this happened. I, I agree. I would yeah. totally agree. Why yeah. don't you throw the damn thing in? But no, no, I got to go down there now. And uh, so that scene um, where he's investigating, finds this enormous tooth, shot glass sized tooth. Yeah. And he's, he's looking into this hole that's been pounded into the boat. And, and uh, all of a sudden you see Ben Gardner's head. Yeah. yeah it was an eye missing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, that, that to me, was the scene in the movie where I jumped the most. Yeah. But, uh, that scene was refilmed in a swimming pool. Uh, ah. they, they, they filmed it underwater first, but uh, Spielberg didn't like it. It's not scary enough. So the, that was refilmed in a swimming pool where they added milk to the water to make oh. it look good. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And, um, and the, the scene was, however, I don't know what the first scene looked like, but that scene was jolting. That yeah. jolts me every time too. You, yeah. you know it's good. If it if it does, uh, Craig um, Kingsworthy uh, Kings Kingsbury, uh, the actor said, "Now how the hell did that shark spit the head back into the boat?" 
Very good question because if he if he's uh, clearly uh, the shark has had contact with his head because he's missing an eye. Uh, how the hell did the, the head get lodged back up in the boat? Uh, so that's that's one of those unanswered questions from Jaws. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I just took it to mean that there was probably a bigger hole, some maybe in the hull of the boat, and, and the, just the head probably just floated on up there. But probably was Martin. Probably was. <laughs> probably was. Okay. They lo- locate Ben Gardner's boat, and then the very next day we have that famous. Can that I just say I like a billboard there? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I like when uh, he's got all this equipment on his boat, this, you know, state of the art tech, high tech boat Hooper does. And Brody says, are you, you know, who pays for all this stuff? And Brody says, well, I, I do mostly. They, they don't pay for it. And Brody says, are you rich? And he only answers me personally or the, or the whole family. The family. <laughs> and, and it's just, okay. Okay. Yeah. Good answer without an answer. Yes. Yep. Yep. So uh, the billboard scene, those paint happy <laughs> bastards ought to be strung up by their Buster Browns. <laughs> Murray Hamilton is such a great actor and he, he, uh, he oozes he, he oozes slime and, and he just keeps getting slimier. And this is yeah. like the pinnacle of his slime. Uh, uh, just den- he's, a, he's a denier. Um, you know, and again, I could think of many political uh, situations that remind me in, in some ways of that. Uh, there was a movie sometime uh, back, Don't Look Up, about, yes. uh, um, you know, those, don't look up at, uh, there's a meteor coming to destroy the earth. It's, that's, that made me uh, think of uh, Larry from that scene in Jaws. Yeah. It, he is it, the perfect politician. It is the, the fa- it became a very pop- popular meme during the pandemic, too, about <laughs> closing the beach. Yes, things oh, are yeah, great. It's the Fourth of July. <laughs> things just, are great. Nobody's. <laughs> it was just. It kept popping up for you know from 2020 to 20 to now. I saw it. The Dreyfus was like Fauci and yeah, uh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so this is an age-old battle between not just man versus nature, but then man versus the man and maybe science or science versus man versus nature. It's like a triad that is, uh, you know, or rational thinking. It's a triad that's age old and persistent thematically, I think. So, and also but, the hero anti hero, uh, you know, idea. Yeah. Well, we can, we can get into deep thoughts with Jack Handy later. We still have one, one more attack, don't we? Before they go to sea, don't we have one more attack? That, that happens the next day. So basically, the, the scene where I want to, String them up by their Buster Browns, these paint happy <laughs> bastards. And, uh, but it just ultimately ends. Uh, by God, those beaches are going to be open. Mm-hmm. And he like, tells uh, Hooper that uh, you know you can't prove anything. You say you found a shot glass size too. So we're, we're an accident. Uh, you want to get your name in the National Geographic, yeah. and you know he's just like, nope, those beaches are going to be open. And that's yeah. that's when the promenade scene. You know, I love that uh, music. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and everybody's just so jolly and um I, I, they show the next day when the ferries thousands of people coming in on the yeah. ferry and uh the, the the mayhem that they're going through trying to get the uh the, the the temporary deputies assigned and trying to do all this stuff and um, um i thought uh the music was real fitting for for the mood of it uh, yeah 
But uh, I was going to point out during that scene and, and at 54 minutes and 27 <laughs> seconds uh, into this movie, we see the first black person. I had written down, uh, there was also a point, uh, 58 minutes and 15 seconds, we see coming across the screen, uh, a young black man on a raft sailing right across when, the, when they're at the beach. 75 in the movie was very white. Uh, yeah, it was. And I, I, I made it a point on one of my watches, like, I'm just curious how many, and, and there's seven scenes. There's not one black person had a speaking part in the movie. That's true. But you could also look at it like in 1975, all of the extras that he put in there, because he had, uh, he had uh, the, the two people with yarmulkes and bicycles. Um, I think I saw a couple of uh, extras that, and I'm talking about extras, not speaking parts. Um, and I don't think they gave a second thought to the fact that, you know, it's a, the Benchley novel. We ad, adapt the script to the Benchley novel. And of course, like Benchley's not, Benchley was at Harvard, went to Harvard and his grandfather was John Benchley. And I guess one of the founders of the Algonquin Roundtable. So yeah. um, I don't want to say he's blue Robert blood, Benchley. That was Robert Benchley's bench. His father was Robert Benchley. I did his, not know that. His grandfather. His grandfather. Okay. But a very, you know, a somewhat, even though there was a period of Benchley's life before he wrote Jaws where he was really struggling financially to support his wife and, and two children. They were yeah. um, before he sold this novel. The fact that Spielberg kind of makes the effort to give us a cross section of a, of a, a 4th of July weekend. I got to give him a little credit for that because go ahead. Sam. I give him loads of credit. Um, I, I'm not going to look at this film through the lens of presentism. I, I could say, Oh, it's three guys on a boat. Where's the female representative too. I could yeah. say that where's the Ripley. Um, yeah. No, it's thoroughly enjoyable. It's based on a story in a time with a very xenophobic little Island in Amity where, where even, where nobody is accepted no matter how long you've lived there right you can never be from amity yeah, um, you're basically told that you, you you cannot be an islander yeah. yeah yeah and the young the young black man who is on his raft he looks like he's about what 13 14 years old he yeah. fills up the whole screen which i'm like that's kind of cool i mm -hmm. i'm sorry but i i was like yes steven spielberg good job uh, for the little bit, the little bit of uh, latitude or creativity that you had to do that, a featured extra. You. So, yeah, that series of scenes with all the mayhem and the tourists coming in, and yeah. you really get a feel for what a tourist town is like. Uh, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, they do get their uh, extra deputies, and they've got uh, a whole crew of uh, people in several boats monitoring the beach, and um, you, you have a there's a palpable tension that, that he seems to show pretty well among all the, the beachgoers and uh of that tension yeah, but yeah. and the above and below water lens the, the almost like a swimming lens i don't however they did that muted underwater and then you go back to the audio for above water you might or, the day before the fourth of july but mixed up i don't know i just remember being Fantastic. so stressed out looking at all those legs from below yeah. the knee just nothing but a sea of legs dangling from below the knee yeah. creeped me out as a child. You know, good shot. <laughs> the uh, lunch, I, but uh, you know, at that point, uh, they show a reporter 
talking about a, a cloud in the shape of the killer shark hanging over the town, and that was actually yeah. Peter Benchley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Couldn't he afford a better suit? It was awful. <laughs> it was very 70s. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, the, Big I, glasses. I feel like in another triumphant slime moment for uh, Larry. Yeah. He, um, he's like going up to uh, one of the townspeople and, and going, no one's going in. <laughs> and it's, it's very telling that he talks to his friend to tell his, his friend's family to go in. He and, he, yeah. and later on, we find out his kids are on that beach too. Yeah. He doesn't ask his kids to go in. <laughs> he yeah. asks his friend's kids to go in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, but isn't that a capture of human nature too? When they go in? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, everyone can in. go in now. Yeah. yeah. So they broke the ice, I guess. Yeah. Really well done. Really well done. I, I love yeah. all the shots too, where the, the, supposedly, you know, it's the, the, the beach reporter or who's reporting from the beach. And you do have what people would do back then, like, I'm on television I'm, and they're doing all these goofy <laughs> yeah. things in the background. I thought that was really great. Then mayhem ensues. <laughs> yes and uh you know it's it, it's interesting when they they do see the fin in my brain something was something's wrong here there's no music oh mm -hmm. where's the music why is there no dun 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 mm -hmm. and it, it almost uh you know because at first you see it from a distance and it you know it looks wow yeah. that's the shark fin uh and you're like wait where's the music yeah um and of course, it's uh, two kids with a cardboard fin. They, they, they come out of the water with their snorkel and they look around and they hear a gun cocking and they turn around and realize there's probably about 17 guns trained on them. <laughs> he made me do it. He made me do it. He taught me into it. You know what? Yeah. Spielberg is a genius. He's so good with kids. Uh, yeah. he, he really does, I don't know, pick the right kids and, and handles them well. They, yeah. They're really authentic too. These two little kids with a bit part. You, you believe well, he did. did uh, I think he picked great actors for uh, Martin Brody's kids, too. Yeah, you know, yes. Work by the, the boy that played Michael. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brody says, hey, uh, don't, don't, don't bring your boat out into, into, into the ocean. Yeah. Take it out into the pond. Ponds for old ladies. Oh, do this for the old man. Just, yes, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, all right. And uh, of course, that's the next scene, isn't it? The pond. Mm -hmm. Yes, the pond scene. I had to yeah. mull that over the pond in my head. I'm thinking a pond is landlocked, but, uh, but apparently yeah. not in this. It's an inlet. It's a it's yeah. um estuary. Yeah, so they call it the pond. One presumes that the um, Bruce was out there and like, hey, everybody left. What's going on with this? Maybe yeah. there's somebody in the estuary. Yeah. yeah, went around. So um, maybe those two kids actually uh, saved somebody's life on that side of the uh, uh, of the water. Yeah, who knows? It could be. Well, what did you guys think about the attack scene? Uh, it was jarring. It's the first time you see the actual shark. Uh, mm -hmm. and like, oh, my God. Wow. Coming up from the water with his mouth. I think it's the first time you. Yeah. Kid, kind of little kid in there, book boy, is, is, a, is far away, right? Right. With the long shot. We don't see yeah. what happens think, to Chrissy, really. I think when I saw this, um, the, the reason why later when the the chumming scene um i didn't get a visually watching this scene i didn't get a really good grasp of like the dimensions of the shark which you really do sort of in that chum scene but i think that leg looks so dang real 
<laughs> it does. <laughs> Very upsetting. The, the practical Very effects cool. in this film are yeah. really, really yeah. well done. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, uh, that scene um, mercifully was cut uh, initially. Uh, that scene where after the kids are knocked off the boats, uh, the boat and uh, Michael's swimming in the water, and the, the other uh, the, the 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 guy in the in the boat uh, that gets overturned gets attacked. Initially, uh, he was going to be uh, pretty much just his shoulders and head sticking out of the front of the shark, and the oh. shark swimming with the shoulders and head sticking out and ramming into Michael. And Michael getting dragged along. Oh, oh, God. Uh, and that's, I mean, it certainly explains why he was in shock. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And that was one of those test audience scenes where, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get that out of there. Less that's, is more there, I think, though. Yeah. Uh, that, that little boy does such a great job as he's treading the cinematography, the boy's acting, a, a, a pure terror. Yeah. yeah. I got a picture. I know this won't help anybody listening, but this is a, picture here uh let's see you see him in the background there yes yeah oh, oh uh, my god is that <laughs> so, yeah that's a dead man's head okay oh yep. god yeah. i found this up my mom's i came across this when we were cleaning out my mom's yeah uh, i wiped it off but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting little trivia in this 30th anniversary Jaws book. Mm. Why well, I might yeah. need the 30th anniversary Jaws book, or the uh, well, where are we now? I don't. 75. A long time. A long yeah. time. Yeah, we'll have to wait hard. for the 40th anniversary book in a couple of years. Um, I I do love the bit of suspense, as Beth mentioned before. You're really hyper aware of all these limbs under the water, you know, just <laughs> dangling as bait. So when they pull Michael out of the water and that camera is panning from the yes. from top of his head and you're just thinking, oh, no, or, or his leg's going to be there. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a great scene. They get blankets and they, they deal with him being in shock and the, the hospital scene coming up next where uh, they're treating him for shock. And, uh, you know, and Ellen Brody, great in that scene, just uh, uh, such a great mother. and um, She's such oh. a quintessential beautiful feminine maternal all the good things i'm so glad they cut out the you know the subplot yeah. of that one. Oh, me too yeah but uh so after that's settled the i don't know why but uh larry the is in the hospital yeah. and i'm going to point out he's, yeah, how did how did he, that happen he's smoking in, in the, the hospital well, probably the doctors are too everyone um, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah there were smoking you they were they were smoking in the seventies in hospitals still. Man, that's so. oh, oh. <laughs> that, but that's a fine piece of acting for Larry Vaughn, uh, the Murray actor Hamilton. playing Murray Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Murray, Murray Hamilton. Let me give you here do yeah. Murray uh, his remorse. It's it's really a, a good and great uh, subtle piece of acting. Yeah, he knows he crossed the line. now. Yeah. I always look at, look at when when I watched this again. I this is a great pivot from um, we, you know, we're kind of just following Roy Scheider's character through the whole film. Like you said, Bill, he's sort of representative of the audience. Once Brody confronts Vaughn, Mayor Vaughn with, with this, like you're signing this, you're, you're doing this. Um, you've, you're mayor of shark city. You've got to do this now. It's such a great scene. And then just, it's the three of them. 
it's uh, Dreyfus, Shaw, Scheider, and it's just a uh, tour de force acting from that point on. And uh, yeah. yeah, just really just takes the film to an entirely different level from that point on. And the dynamic between them as actors was uh, in some ways, uh, Shaw was method acting. He, he took a, mm -hmm. a stance with Dreyfus to see him sort of in the same perspective as Quint saw Hooper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read that. Was, yeah. yeah, there was some rivalry between them. And uh, I, I didn't know that. So in real life, they they kept that going. Well, Dreyfus uh, says he has nothing but respect for uh, uh, Robert Shaw. In fact, he said uh, the uh, later scene in the movie, I'll just say the Indianapolis scene, he says mm -hmm. that's the best acting I've ever seen in my life. The Indianapolis. I, I, I think he understood what Robert Shaw was doing, too, yeah. and, and just yeah. kind of accepted it. Like Robert Shaw would tell him, oh, you can't jump off the, the mast of the boat. Yeah. You can't do that. And, and, if, mm -hmm. and he said in interviews, like, if Robert Shaw said I couldn't do something, then okay, I can't do that. Uh, like and he wouldn't let him go to him into dares and such. But at one point uh, during a, a break, uh, his Robert Shaw was known to have a whiskey or two. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says uh, he's trying to go down the, the ladder on the boat, and he says, uh, "Here, Richard, hold this." Said he's hold this glass of whiskey, and Richard said, "Okay." And he throws the whiskey out, <laughs> uh, and he, and he looked around and he heard gasps, and he looked around and he said, "I could tell all the people in on the set that drink." at that point because they're all looking at me like you did not just <laughs> do that yeah and so the next scene they were filming was a cleat scene i'll just say that and and during that scene robert shaw took a fire hose and blasted richard Dreyfus in the face with it and, uh, but uh, but yeah the 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 dynamic between those three men uh i i really had hoped that they would get more awards for for the, the acting. I, I, maybe it was because I couldn't decide who was the best. They're, they were all just amazing together. Yeah. What the chemistry and what the, the and and you can see their relationship progressing and growing and and mm -hmm. respect coming and uh, uh, and understanding of each other. Um, uh, the the there is a, a transformational scene coming later in that uh, the whole dynamic between them changes. Uh, but uh, getting there was absolutely amazing, the acting. I think I kind of marveled at it watching it. And we've all seen the film so many times, but I marveled at it just watching it this last watch through. Just mm -hmm. going, wow, they, they, I can't think of anything that even comes close. So good. From the first scene, you know, they're in there in uh, Quint's house or is Quint's uh, building there and the, the, the true saltiness of this character but yeah. uh, how he's just bad mouth and hooper and like yeah uh, you know let me see your hands sit yeah. hands rich man hands do a sheep shake what is it called a sheep shake i didn't know i had to pass basic semenship <laughs> you never said how short you wanted it and he throws I'm it back in shuriken. <laughs> uh, yeah just like he's just nailing it to hooper he doesn't want him on his boat yeah. there's this and ego brody. thing and then brody offsetting it i love that yeah. I, I, try this chief i made it myself <laughs> i guess <laughs> i love how don't Cooper takes that. it out of his hand he goes don't drink that <laughs> <laughs> great great stuff and you're right yeah. sam the timing is magical it is like these they've become other people spielberg initially wanted uh, that scene to open with him watching on television Moby Dick um, ah. and he couldn't get the rights to it. What? Uh, I'm glad he didn't. Uh, yeah. 
that scene that scene really established where they all yeah. were going to stand against or towards each other uh, over time. Uh, but um, you know, I, I don't need this working hat class hero crap. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And, and then just uh, Chief Brody just comes right in and goes, "You're not going to be like this on the boat, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that line because it's sort of re- Brody's asserting himself. He's like, "I, I really, guys." He's almost like this this father figure, like, we can't do this shit right now. We've got a serious problem. And I'm the chief of police of this little town. And we got to don't do this on the boat. It's my boat. I'm the captain. And, and, and he's and like, first yeah, mate, my charter. And it's ever, my and charter. Yeah. My charter. Yeah. yeah. Well, take him for ballast, chief. <laughs> I love that line. I'll see you in five. Yep. Five. Five. Farewell and adieu to you, fair Spanish ladies. <laughs> Farewell and adieu, <laughs> you ladies of Spain. Spain. <laughs> Shaped orders. Back to Boston. Boston. No, never more shall we see you again. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to sail away. Yeah. Uh, through the jaws, I love that shot. By the way, that's, that's iconic shot. too, isn't it? God, I love that. In, the, in his in his shop there, but uh, shooting through that those jaws was amazing. That was, and yeah. foreboding, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Brilliant shot. Yeah, I agree. But uh, it, it getting ready to go is is very jolly music because you, we see Quint. He's in his element. He is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And he, and I but, think he uh, wants to make Mrs. Brody a little uncomfortable too. Like your yeah. your your baby's growing up now, gonna yeah. make a man out at sea. The entire well, experience at sea was uh, that, that's where that movie, to me, got what should have been Academy Award nominations all around. Uh, yeah. yeah, everybody, the, the the whole interaction with them and everything, the uh, the palpable danger, um, the um, the pure effing hubris of Quint. Clearly, Brody wants to signal at every uh, opportunity, signal home. He's grabbing for the microphone and Quint sees him and says, uh, after some the attack, the uh, the uh, the lamp had fallen over and it started a fire. And he goes, yeah. uh, how would you put the fire out, chief? <laughs> so, uh, but he tends to avoid uh, or find ways to avoid uh, Brody talking to land. And he, yeah. Speaks for, yeah. for to his wife instead of letting him get on the speaker. It's clear that no, we're not we're not maydaying our way out of this. Yeah. Uh, and, Why do you uh, think he does that? Why do you think is is he I just he is does Quint become just Captain Ahab at the end? Does he? I think I so. He's he he doesn't he he knows that he wants to do this. He doesn't want help uh, yeah. except for what he's got on hand. And actually, towards the end, uh, he. He takes uh, a summary of where he is and where his boat is and says, all right, Mr. Hooper, what have you got? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So at yeah. the beginning, he's like, uh, what, is, what is that? Uh, he's bringing the shark cage and scuba gear. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Suppose, uh, he some kind of goddamn astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> astronaut. And I yeah. suppose he might eat it. And that was foreshadowing, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, something it is. that uh, Brody heard. And, but uh, uh, yeah, he's scoffing at all the equipment, uh, but uh, ultimately they do use it. Yeah. But the yeah, progression do. of how they become, they cha- change from adversarial to uh, a great amount of respect between them is 
great acting and it's, it's so it's a pleasure to watch and and uh you know there, there's a lot of scenes where you can tell there's animosity but it it, it fades as as they realize that well we're in this together yeah. and everybody gains respect for each other yeah i like that i i did notice i i watched it again today i don't know does that make 21 viewings? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I did realize something that I hadn't noticed before, and that's that Quint is pretty gentle with Brody. Uh, yeah, he is. He, he's teaching him almost like father to son, like how to how to do the sheep shank or whatever it is, you know, the, the eel through the cave or whatever it is. Um, and next time, ask me which rope to pull and better put something on that cut, Brody. He, you know, he's yeah. very paternal toward Brody uh, for all the antagonism he has toward Hooper. He's he's pretty gentle with Brody, who admits he knows nothing, right? So he's he's no threat, I guess, ego wise. But uh, they do have their adversarial moments, definitely. Uh, yeah. Tell Hooper to chum some of this shit. Yeah. Hooper he, drives the boat, Chief. <laughs> no. He lets Hooper drive his boat. You no. know, it's not that he doesn't. You know, it's it's kind of like Quint fronts so much bullshit towards Hooper. Yeah. But he's actually, you're right, Sam. He's kind of like gentle, and and but I think he also kind of respects Brody, yeah. because uh, uh, you know when when Brody says you're not going to do this on the boat, are you? He yeah. he does kind of like back off and says, yeah, take him for ballast. So yeah, mm. yeah all the interactions. Uh, but to me, the turning point through all their adventures and experiences uh, with the shark um, is there. They appear to be having some respite. The shark's got a barrel on them, and they're having some dinner and having some drinks. And then uh, what we've referenced earlier would be the uh, Indianapolis scene. So they're, it starts out with they're, they're comparing uh, their injuries, <laughs> and uh, I think this is scars. Uh, scars from different sharks and such. And, and, and uh, you can see the transformation in Quint with his view of Hooper and like, yeah. Are you, I'm talking shark and uh, working for a living, and, and and he's like, okay, this man has worked for a living. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Of course, Chief Brody going, hmm, do I tell them about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, that uh, leads Chief Brody to ask him, well, what's that? What's that one on your arm? Sober uh, moment in the film. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. It's a oh, it's a tattoo. I had it removed, and and, mm-hmm. and Hooper goes, well, let me guess. Mother, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laughing and laughing and laughing. And he goes, No, oh, Mr. Hooper, that's the USS Indianapolis. And Hooper just goes, huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, he knows, yeah, yeah he knows about the Indianapolis. And uh, Quint had served on the Indianapolis in 1945, and that was the ship that delivered the atomic bomb that would ultimately fall on Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And it was a classified mission. His description, and again, this is, this is what uh, Richard Dreyfus said. The, that part of the movie, that, that telling of the tale of the Indianapolis, he said, uh, this is the best acting I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And it really was as uh, gripping. You could feel why this man became obsessed with yeah. uh, hunting down sharks after that. That was probably the best acting in the movie, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I read in Empire Magazine that uh, the first time they tried to shoot that scene, that... I guess Spielberg had given uh, Shaw because Shaw had suggested the method acting 
you should let me have a little tipple in between scenes. By the time they tried to first film that, he was blacked out drunk. And they actually had to help him back to wherever. And Spielberg said in an interview that uh, Shaw called him at like two o'clock in the morning, apologizing and, and, and asking, did I embarrass you? Did I embarrass you? And, and Spielberg was like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Spielberg had said, no, we can, we can do it again. We can do it again tomorrow. Um, and the scene took like something like four takes. And I also read in another article, Shaw, I don't think a lot of, and I didn't know this, had written novels. Um, while he had as a young, I yeah. did not know that. Yes, Shaw was incredibly like a genius guy. Sam. Okay, genius, genius guy. guy. Genius. Yes, ten guy. children too. <clears throat> yeah, uh, three marriages, Prolific ten children. Genius guy. Okay, and um, and that there were there were some lines in that dialogue that uh, Spielberg actually kind of let him change um, during that during that monologue. One thing I noticed about that, if you look at that shot, it is not when he starts talking, the camera is not completely in close up with him. You see Hooper sitting there and, and he's not really even completely in frame. And then when the camera cuts to Roy Scheider and then cuts back all of a sudden, as he's getting deeper into the story, it's not like the classical close up where, where the camera zooms in. It's just, it's a little bit closer. And then, and you're kind of like more in, Face to face with uh, Robert Shaw's character, and then all you see really at that point is um, Dreyfus's just part of his shoulder. And I just thought that was a really interesting way that they brilliant. Uh, edited brilliant. that. And it's not—I love that 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 particular frame when he starts telling the story is not technically, I guess, why how you would do that, but he did it, and it works perfectly because you just see all of a sudden great acting by. Dreyfus, because he's not saying a word, but he just goes completely slack jawed as Quint is telling the story. Yeah. Uh, a, a bit of trivia. Uh, Spielberg was in negotiations to do a sequel to Jaws. Wow. And I, I'm, I'm going to say not a sequel, actually, a prequel. He wanted to do prequel. Jaws 2 oh, to be the Indianapolis story. He Ooh. said, I'll do it, but I can't do it for a year. I'm, oh. I'm doing this Close Encounters right now. I, I can't do it for a year. <laughs> Uh, but I'll do a, a sequel, but it's got to be a prequel. I want to do the Indianapolis story. And they said, we can't wait to get all the equipment in place. We got the Bruce back working again. And like, well, I can't do it now. And, and um, ultimately, it was never made. But Jaws 2 was actually supposed to be the prequel of the story that Quint relayed in, in, in the boat. That would have been a deep and huge uh, movie to make. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if 28 been. to 30 year old you know, Spielberg had the budget, I guess, after making 475 million for this one, he could pretty much uh, ask for the moon. Yeah, you know, after that, he went on to make more movies. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I heard yeah. I heard tell of that. Apparently, Bill, he kept he pretty busy. <laughs> Bill, I'm, I'm curious, after Jaws, because I, I think you probably have a better in, information on this. D did studios ever balk about his budgets and in his requests? I don't want to say I don't want to use the word demands. But his request as a director have studios like since Jaws ever done that to him? I I don't think so, uh, and I, yeah. th I think he had a lot of pull because he was very good friends with Lorraine Gary's wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that helps. And also, but what he did do after that, and he and he saw what they did with the sequels. He said, uh, you know, going forward, if there's ever another sequel to another one of my movies, like Jurassic Park, he's like, mm -hmm. no, nobody else gets that. I'm not mm -hmm. letting uh, no other director gets. That and that was implicit 
or, mm -hmm. or that is demanded. Yeah. Uh, but Lorraine was part of those, right? I'm trying to, I have a note here somewhere. She, she was, yeah. She was in two and four. Uh, Live and four learn. Was he was only 28 and still managed to, what a learning trip. I know we're trying to more summarize than go scene by scene, but uh, yeah. that that seemed iconic and, and really uh, the, the scene I enjoyed really so much is when they've got they're, they're, they're the chase where they're putting barrels in them. Yeah. And why yeah. didn't, I don't know why he didn't tie the another barrel more quickly. That's one of my questions. In this movie. <laughs> why isn't there a barrel already tied on your harpoon there? So, anyway, but that 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 music where they're chasing the shark and dun, yeah. dun, 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 they actually catch yeah. up, finally catch up to the barrel and the boat hits the barrel and it's uh, very triumphant and you get a feel for all right they have the upper hand here now. Yeah. Oh, it's high adventure. Uh, it, it really from, is. It goes from it's a little bit sinister when it starts and then all of a sudden when the chase is on it's like it's, it's a full seafaring tale though at this point. I yeah, love when the really full is. length of the shark goes by. That's twenty footer, twenty five. You know, uh, yeah. you're you're just sort of in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's thrilling and every I, time. I love after the Indianapolis scene. And this is so Spielberg. You see the shot of the boat outside and then you see the barrel meep, with the little beeper on it. Oh, meep, yeah. Meep, just approaching the just oh, such. When he starts ramming the boat. Um, uh, and the show and, me the way to go. Home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great song. Yeah. But uh, I think that that song probably attracted the shark and the started ramming the boat and uh it's just funny how uh quint just transitions immediately and goes start the engines <laughs> <laughs> but uh so many great lines there and, and and again i think trying to go scene by scene isn't going to work but uh, just to, to say that an incredible adventure and and if if you've ever said oh i'm gonna see jaws someday if you haven't seen jaws go see it and if you're Gonna take kids to it. Make sure they're over ten at least. Yeah, at least. I was nine, so I think everyone should have to <laughs> endure the, the terror and the trauma. But it's it's it is it is yes. a Fourth of July film. I yes. think it com comes highly recommended for, from all of us, all three, the trio mm -hmm. three here. Any last words on it, Bill? Any any final um, thoughts? Oh my, uh, I I like that. You know, this was a first major film that was filmed on the ocean at this part of it anyway mm. um spielberg's insistence i want land to be seen at no point whatsoever mm. i don't want the audience thinking oh they can just go back to land but i want i will i will allow no scene that shows land in the background the, mm. the feeling that they had of isolation of they're out in the elements um, love that little shooting star that goes by which ultimately became spielberg's little good luck charm he called yeah it. um Oh, oh the, wow! Was that yeah. a real shooting star? The first one was, yeah. Going wow. forward, he did in many films. He put shooting stars in many films, but those were yeah. added. Uh, in fact, there was a second shooting star in Jaws. Uh, when Quint yes, there was. That uh, one of his little signature moves. But uh, I love that he did that because you felt like they were alone. I mean, you see production shots, and there's like eleven men on the boat, you know, right. uh, all shirtless, doing one thing or another with Bruce and. But uh, you felt like these people are alone and isolated. You, you feel that isolation. You do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I, I loved about the, that I picked up this was uh, I love the uh, sequential shots of Quint in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. you know, once, once they've put a barrel in him, you see him on the pulpit just kind of staring up at, at uh, Hooper. And then the sun's getting a little bit lower and a little bit lower until finally all you see is just a black silhouette of Quint. You can barely make out 
Quint's figure. And again, very un- unconventional shot, but I loved it. And it completely works when he does that, that whole sequence. Standing at the ready. With and the- he's, but he's still, he's kind of looking up and I don't know if he's looking at Hooper or he's just staring off into, you know, oblivion. Oh, I don't know. Patiently waiting. It was a great shot though. Your last one, he's just a black silhouette there. And I thought that was just a really interesting choice by Spielberg and it looked really cool. Mm. So I had uh, on my agenda, I was going to um, make some comparisons to a Star Trek episode. Uh, <laughs> Bring it. Bring I, am it. A, uh, uh, I am a Star Trek uh, person. Uh, I'm in the club. I'm uh, obliged to, I have to watch all the new <laughs> stuff and uh, some of it's not that great, honestly. But there's a scene uh and there's actually an entire episode and in in my youth after i saw jaws i'm like i saw something like this before i saw something and then i figured it out because uh, after school watching star trek uh reruns was absolutely essential uh it was on at uh, like four in the afternoon and oh it's time for star trek and and this episode comes out and i'm like oh my god this is jaws and in jaws in so many ways so if, if you'll indulge me, you can, but I'm going to show you a scene, the ending scene, and eerily similar music to um, Jaws. Okay. So in, in Star Trek, they have a, a very dramatic music, the, the fight scene in Amok time with uh, uh, Spock, and the, the, the music is very memorable. I love the music yeah. from the original series. Yeah. But this scene kind of sh- shows off how every little part of the, the constellation has its theme, entering battle has its theme, the enterprise has its theme, and yeah. this monstrosity that is rather a lot shark-shaped mm-hmm. that's um, destroying planets and uh, could uh, swallow 12 starships whole, quote. Yeah. You're getting dangerously close to the planet killer. I intend to get a lot closer. I'm gonna ram her right down that thing's throat. <laughs> That is rather shark looking. Or the maw of a I something. saw that, yeah. There it is. Take that, you son of a smile, you son of a the music is like it. Dun, 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 dun. Leave me aboard. We can't, Captain. Transporter is out again. Mr. Scott, 20 seconds to detonation. Oh my God, John Williams ripped off that music. Dun, 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 dun. I'd have to hear a better audio to, to, to accuse, make that accusation, though. Beam him aboard already, goddammit. I hope he makes it. <laughs> And the shark threw up. And the shark threw up. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it. Very he similar. It. Very similar. I can <laughs> see why you uh, you wondered. Yeah. Well, wait, so that struck you as a child at, during your four o'clock a- afternoon viewing. Like, yeah. I see the similarities between this and Jaws. I mean, they, they, that was uh, up here in Connecticut anyway. It was uh, a gathering of, of, of the geeks for us. We yeah. have to... Uh, We'd have to watch Star Trek, but um, so that uh, it was just like that's Jaws. Uh, it's so I heard much. The dun, dun, 
There's not exactly the same. Oh, no, it's not exactly the same, but it's the same concept. Yeah, yeah. No, I, um, yeah, sort of discordant building suspense. I guess everything is derivative. And then you, you've got those kinds of things that go on forever in movies like um, take that, you yippee mother, you know, um, smile, yeah. you son of a. Yeah. yeah, there's always going to be that that, that catchphrase now. Yeah, yeah. But well, uh, since this, yeah, blow, blow it up from the inside out, and uh, that's like uh, I've seen that before. Yeah. But yes. but it was certainly better presented in this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, in in uh, Jaws. But that's a crazy good catch. That in the book, there's a foreshadowing with the with the shark with that oxygen tank. Is that what you said in, in his I mouth? Never I noticed never that. noticed that. I think in the book, the, I don't think the they killed the shark with it. No, uh, no, I mean the picture book that he's flipping through. You said there's a foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the book ending was anticlimactic. Uh, Peter Benchley just wrote that the sharks succumbed to its injuries. Uh, is, is Hooper uh, a survivor in the book? or No. Not. Okay. Hooper does not survive. And, and Quint. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, but the, the image of them uh, when a Hooper f does surface after the shark's blown up uh, and they're laughing and they're just so mm -hmm. relieved and that they made it okay. And, and then mm -hmm. uh, Hooper says, Quint, no. And, and that, that then they kind of, it seems like they're feeling guilty that they were just laughing. But, uh, but that's a lasting image. And I mean, there's so many, but do you have... We were talking about lasting thoughts before, and I got my little Star Trek plug in. Very cool. I'm going to be on the lookout for, for other things that predate. But I, I guess you can watch anything and, and become inspired and say, hey, I'm going to go with a different direction for that. But that uh, Sam, any yes. final, final, final contributions to wrapping final this up? Contributions. We're not going to do uh, what are you watching because this, this is a special episode that's just kind of gone. Just fun, long. fun, fun. And we're just watching the, the demise of democracy anyway. Go oh, on. Oh, Come excellent. On. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's what I've been watching. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I Are a, you enjoying it or have you started? Yes, I, I rather am. Uh, Bill is holding yeah. up a copy of The Longships, which is a, a rip-roaring, seafaring, Viking thrill oh, ride. Oxen. If you're into Vikings. <laughs> Bill, Thank I, you again for sending that to me. That's, it's, uh, I'm only um, I'm there in Ireland. So. Bill is has Viking ancestors, I understand. Is that true, Bill? Yeah, pillagers all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I would recommend anybody that loves a good seafaring story, watch The Terror. It was a series that was on, and I forget. I think it was uh, TNT something yeah. about three or four years ago. I forget how many episodes. I want to say maybe eight to ten based on a true story i can't remember the it was a, on a based on a real expedition fantastic acting script everything great 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 is that famous is it horatio hornblower i can't remember it's over in the the seafaring section i wish i knew i, I wish i knew also but look i i would like to recommend to uh we have a lot of gen x followers um so but Find your inner 1975, pick up a beach read, <laughs> yeah, watch Jaws, idea. turn okay. off the freaking news for 48 hours and and have some fun, guys. Have some fun. If you haven't read Jaws, read it. It's a good read. If, if, if you've seen the movie a bunch of times, read the book. It's a good read. 
I've read The Beast Within. I've not read Jaws, so I would, uh, I would do that. Real quick, the uh, Taylors. Um, there was a documentary a couple of years ago. I think um, now maybe a little bit longer, 2018, on Valerie Taylor, and the uh, it's on Disney actually right now or National Geographic, and it's called Playing with Sharks, and it's about um, their career as cinematographers, underwater Ooh. cinematographers, but also after, you know, same thing with Benchley, a lot of people that had uh, or that were involved in making this film felt bad afterwards because it was like they felt like they were giving sharks a bad rap. So they spent the rest of their career um, doing a lot for shark conservation. So okay. great, great uh, documentary to watch. We've bounced back. Uh, I'm going to take that I'm definitely going to watch that, and uh, and we have Shark Week now, and or is it Shark Month? I forget. We I we've come a long way week. with sharks. You can still have fun with Jaws without beating yourself up too much. I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bill. Well, I really really enjoyed you guys having me on. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Really, uh, I love listening to you guys, and and uh, you let me be a part of it is 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 really quite quite enjoyable. Oh, oh, you're a part of it now, Bill. Thank you for coming. We'll, we'll be sending you a little something in the in the mail for future, for yeah, future I, interviews. Yeah. I think. I, I think. I think it's going to be required. So, uh, guys, don't be afraid to go into the water. Just, just don't. Can we do a screenshot? Uh, yeah. Cheesy family. Uh, cheesy. Sam, hold your shark up. But I have to use two hands to hit Shift Command. <laughs> I'm going to take your picture. Hold your oh, damn oh, shark okay. up. I've got two. Hold on. I'm going to do a diorama. <laughs> Right. Everybody wish everyone a happy fourth. Happy fourth. Happy fourth. Hang in there, everybody. Stay safe. And like, yep. And uh, one another. Yep. And um, yeah, don't uh, don't rub a bunch of uh, shrimp over all over your body before you go in the ocean. Yeah. No chumming. No chumming. No chumming. <laughs> no chumming. No chumming. Sounded good. All right. All right. Farewell and adieu. You fair Spanish ladies. Bye bye. Bye bye. Farewell and adieu, ladies.